0: Welcome to this Harmony and Health podcast. My name is Julia Outlaw and I'm a member of the Harmony and Health team. We are a group of experts from different disciplines bringing together ancient wisdom and modern practices to take responsibility for our own health and well-being. And we're exploring many different subjects and today I'm very pleased to welcome Gaia Sanskrit to talk to us about Sanskrit and chanting. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Julia.
0: Now, Gaia, she's learnt Sanskrit really from the age of four and um studied Sanskrit at Oxford University and I think really has dedicated her life, I think it's fair to say, to exploring the depth and the power really of these sounds, um, of this old, old language. She's very interested in voice and expression. Um She's also an internationally renowned singer, songwriter, um, bringing some of these sounds um, to life to people all over the world and, and goes to India in normal times regularly to work with people there. Um, but it's lovely to have you here.
1: Thank you, Julia.
0: I mean, what I really want to ask first is, you know when you're on Britain's Got Talent? <laughs> Yeah, you got buzzed by David Hasselhoff. What was that like?
1: Well, there was a flow that I was in. And actually, it's interesting you brought that up because just before going on stage for that audition, I was waiting in the wings and could hear the audience of about a couple of thousand people, perhaps more. They were booing the previous person booing them off stage so I just was waiting in the wings hearing these boos and this was a moment where I had to choose what to do with myself because there was going to be at least a couple of minutes before I was due to go on so in those couple of minutes as well as moving the body a bit I came to stillness and chanted a Sanskrit mantra a few times within So the moments just before going on the stage were nothing to do with remembering the song that was about to be sung but it was just the Sanskrit mantra really for strength because of hearing those boos. There was no problem coming before the judges but it was the audience was quite intimidating. So then when went on stage there were obviously nerves but somehow it was really fun at the same time and was in quite a flow. So when when received that buzz from David, it was felt a bit like a game. Like, I reacted to it, but I really didn't mind somehow. Like, <laughs> it was sort of funny. And the reason I suppose it felt like a game was because the whole thing is just a show. And in a way, obviously, the whole of life is a game. But that the TV programme actually edited out quite a lot of the song in which I had been teasing David Hasselhoff a lot. So that was actually removed from the footage. So so the buzz made complete sense in the play of the game, you know, so so it was sort of I could feel my heartbeat coming out of my chest when he did buzz, just because the noise is so loud in the TV monitor headphones, you know, it's just huge. Suddenly your world stops, you just hear buzz. But then <laughs> but it somehow it was almost like the song couldn't have happened without that buzz. He was playing his part in the game and it was just all part of the you know, intensity of the moment.
0: Amazing, amazing. I remember it because I didn't know you then. We've been lucky enough to meet more recently through Alexander Technique, but I remember watching like how you responded so naturally in this very strange situation. Um, anyway, like you used your Sanskrit before for kind of settling. That's so interesting. Gabrielle, tell us what... Um Sanskrit is so
1: Sanskrit is a word. Sanskrit in itself is a word, so it means it means that which is made krit, whole, sum, or perfect. And this word describes an ancient language that has been in use. A conservative estimation would be a, a, at least a few thousand years has been in use in human dialect and it's a language of precision with a grammar that is almost faultless, and it's a language that has remained in its classical form unchanged for the past 2,000 years because of a system and structure that has been um, codified by a great grammarian called Parnini. And the language itself is made up of all these very simple phonetic single sounds that are, are um, accessible to anyone, like a baby or a toddler would understand these sounds inherently because they're just human sounds. And I'll give you an example. So there's vowels at the beginning of Sanskrit, but there's 16 vowels, unlike the in English we have five vowels. So vowels are very prominent in the language. So we start with the vowels. And as in English, the first vowel is A. But in English, we change that sound to A. We still have the A sound, but it's in words like cup, up. And we write the A as a U, which is quite confusing, you know. But in Sanskrit, it starts with this A, and it doesn't change the sound. It's purely phonetic. It's going to stay as A. So a baby... In most languages, I would assume, but I'm coming from the English-speaking dialect countries, the baby sounds uh, ah. The cry of the baby is going to have this ah sound in it. The cry of the baby might have an a sound in it too, which we start our alphabet with, but it's primarily the ah. Like the first breath of the baby is ah, you know, ah, ah, ah. And so Sanskrit stays with that and then all the consonants of Sanskrit naturally have that inherent A after it. So you have like ka, ch, th, th, p. We it's just all sounded very, very naturally. So for a child to learn this language is incredibly easy and simple. But for an adult to learn this language, it seems difficult only because we have layered upon us so many patterns of the modern languages that have transmuted these very simple, clear, phonetic sounds into different sounds, and then we write them in different ways than we say them. So we've got whole layers of habitual complications that we use to communicate that we'd have to remove in order to be able to learn Sanskrit easily.
0: It's so interesting what you're saying about sounds and um, language because i've got a six-year-old at the moment who's learning phonics at school and how to spell and it's just so complicated she naturally wants to just go with the sounds um but i guess modern language isn't like that
1: no modern language seems to have in this is in my opinion excess complications because um maybe it's just how society's developed and also it uh, what I've noticed is with, with the rise of text speak and computer lingo there's less and less vowels apparent in the modern language less and less obvious clear vowel sounds and in the Sanskrit language especially in relation to healing and meditation and calming the body and mind it's the vowels that are the key because when we sing or chant anything it's the vowels that give voice to the sound and Modern language, especially modern text English, has reduced the vowel sounds, which is actually to in my opinion a disservice to humanity.
0: Wow, and that's just saying "Wow there I noticed the "ah" for the first time yes um, <laughs> yes, and it's it's so interesting just to think about language in in a different way, and you mentioned there about for calming and expression we're very interested in exploring things that can help humans people connect more inside and, and also with their environment and singing and chanting is something that's very helpful for that
1: absolutely there's i remember once of maybe it was a good few years ago on a I was on a sanskrit retreat where we were chanting various Sanskrit passages and studying the Sanskrit passages every day. And one morning, our practice was to take a short Sanskrit chant and to let it resound within, to basically continuously sound it and to notice whether this Sanskrit chant connected us more with our environment or just simply notice the effect on it, because often... I would like to go into nature and really enjoy the nature, but still the mind gets in the way. So even though I've been sitting at a desk all week by a computer and have been yearning for nature, when eventually get into nature, the body is in nature, but the mind is still at the desk with the computer and all the various things that that has brought up. So the Sanskrit chant was an opportunity to give the mind a tool, by to basically to play with, but the tool is so ancient and so refined, and dare I say it, so scientific, because the essence of the Sanskrit language and these key Sanskrit texts called the Vedas, which Vedas literally means science, so at the heart of Sanskrit is a scientific system of sound. So this scientific system of sound was available for me to sound during this walk in nature, and what was noticed was that Sounding this chant with every step, eventually things that I previously thought of as perhaps ugly and, and disruptive to nature, like cars and the metal of cars, eventually there was a strange shift in my sense of awareness or consciousness, if you like, and the cars that were passed became just as beautiful as the trees that were walked under. And the man-made things became just as beautiful as the nature. And somehow, through the work with the chant, there seemed to be the possibility that there could be an equal amount of peace of mind experienced, whether in nature or in a city, so to speak.
0: That will be something to aim for. Wow, because I know a lot of people have found solace in nature. I know I have, especially in this last year. Um, but something about the, the the chanting was it the specific sounds you were chanting? Do you think how does that work?
1: Um, is interesting question because I I think at the time it was connected with a specific chant because during our practice we had also reflected on the meaning of the chant and to hopefully to not make this too esoteric, the meaning of the chant it was a statement from the Vedas, and it was stating that all this is consciousness. So in the statement that all this is consciousness and the continuous reflection on that via the Sanskrit sounds for that statement, there was, I suppose, a sense of the same thread running through everything.
0: Yes. So are there different chants then for different things? or I mean, I don't know much about it at all but i imagine there's almost an unlimited amount of things you could chant <laughs> yes
1: there are thousands and thousands and and in my limited experience i must have come across hundreds but there are thousands and and obviously i've only been taught hundreds but when i look through books and when i look through the ancient vedic texts, i see that there are chants for everything from ill health but not just ill health in general from every type of disease you could think of to fertility to connection with peace and harmony in mankind to connection with various planets to um, states of mind to prayers for the well-being of all i mean there's there are as you say and as you rightly assumed there are thousands thousands of chance for everything and then there's also Short, much shorter mantric syllables, which um, can be formulated and put together in such a way, a bit like a mathematical equation, in order to change the energy patterns, or for instance, to destroy negative tendencies and habitual thought patterns, or to increase the vitality, that type of thing.
0: Mm. Could you give us an example?
1: So I'll give you an example of a chant that comes to, well, two chants come to mind right now. One is a chant, it's a feminine energy chant, but obviously it relates to anyone, whether man or woman, to all humanity. But the reason it's associated with this feminine energy is because it's to do with this feminine principle of cutting through the ego's rubbish, basically, cutting through the mental tendencies that are not serving us. And this chant is is a 22-syllable chant, and it's specifically formulated in 22 syllables, and it should never be more or less. So let me just sound it to make sure it has those 22 syllables. So it starts with... cream, cream, cream. Hum, hum, hreem, hreem, Cream, 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 hum, hum, cream, swaha.
0: Beautiful.
1: So that's the first chant that came to mind, and the second chant that came to mind when you said about an example is a prayer for peace. So at the end of often many longer Sanskrit chants. There's this very, very simple thing sounded, which is Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. And this word Shanti is repeated often in the peace prayers. So an example would be wishing for peace in the space dimensions, like in the cosmos, and peace on earth, peace in the space between, peace for all the animals, peace for all mankind, peace in the forests, peace in nature and i give you a short example of that prayer it starts by going om shanti, shanti prithivi shanti apashanti roshadhaya shanti
0: I'm smiling here. It's, I don't know if it's the same for people listening, but it's almost like it wasn't just my ears listening then. I was enjoying that with my body.
1: So it's very interesting what you said about experiencing it with the body, because it's always been intuitively felt and often experienced by me that the Sanskrit sounds and Sanskrit as a language is far beyond verbal communication and auditory experience. It's something that is almost underpinning the vibrations of things. It sort of works on a vibrationary level. And it's often said in Sanskrit texts that speech is just the tip of the iceberg. There are three parts hidden and Sanskrit seems to give us access to this power of language that works on the level of the three parts hidden, not just on the level of the words themselves, whether written or auditory.
0: Yes, and she made me think about music and sound and just some of the legends, really, around how sounds can move stones and uh, heal diseases and... Um, It seems like Sanskrit knows some of these secrets.
1: Yes, and now I'm smiling too because it makes absolute sense to me that these legends have their basis in not just possibility but in reality that was present in an ancient time and is not even necessarily lost now. All the keys are still there, but they're more hidden
0: than before. So when you teach Sanskrit, um, you teach, I know, both the philosophy and sort of history of it, but also specific chants?
1: Yes. So often in the teaching would bring chants that are very accessible, if you like. So ones that are fairly, hopefully, easy to sound and learn. And fairly easy to remember, so not, very, not necessarily lengthy chants, because there are many, many songs and chants in Sanskrit that are pages and pages long. So in the teaching would give these shorter chants of a few lines, which often sum up a whole text in just a few lines, or even some of the, some of the statements and chants in Sanskrit can sum up the whole of the Vedas in four statements so if teaching would teach these short summations or if teaching specific topics such as ayurveda and the science of medicine from the sanskritic tradition then would teach the chants specifically connected with this ancient science of life and healing ayurveda
0: yes i know we've got several people on our team who are very interested and knowledgeable about ayurveda and i love how all these things link up and you can sort of find something that seems true in all of them. Could you give us another chant, Gabriella?
1: Yes, for sure. So another chant that comes to mind is a chant that's asking, May all be happy, may all be without disease, may all creatures have well-being, and may none be in misery of any kind. And this chant sounds like this. Om Sarve bhavantu sukhinaha Sarve santu niramaya Sarve bhatra nipasyantu
0: It's almost like a lullaby and my shoulders dropped and it's just so peaceful isn't it somehow. Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Wonderful. It's like some strange language that I, I know but don't know which is I guess it's exactly what it is
1: yes it's full of the shanti piece because of the vowel sounds as well makes a big difference because you see you can take one of these chants and if i sound it without the consonants you'll hear that so sounding this chant without the consonants just notice the same similar peaceful effect the consonants are almost just dropped on the vowel so you have like are eh,
0: about chanting do they do they have to be a good singer or i mean can anyone really connect with their voice in this way
1: that's another great question so there is no need to be a good singer because the discipline of the chanting practice will heal the voice and work with the voice so it almost will help the voice to chant the sanskrit and I've also come across cases of people who had severe asthma and severe breathing difficulties. And through the Sanskrit chanting, that helped their asthma and helped their breathing difficulties and reduced it exponentially. So there is no need to think or to start off as the, with a good, in quotes, voice. But there is the need for like in anything, the continued practice and the continued sounding and the voice of a human is so naturally given to song and when that song is not naturally there, again this is my opinion and but it's something I really feel deeply, when the song is not natural to a human then there is ill health in some way, whether it be physical or mental. But when the song is free to come through a human, then is going to aid vitality, strength and
0: health. It's wonderful. And I'm thinking now Gaia Sanskrit kindly offered to do a little bit of chanting with our Long Covid event. We're running these events for Long Covid sufferers. A lot of breath work and very gentle sort of sounding seems to help very much with the breathing difficulties they're experiencing. So thank you so much, Gaia Sanskrit, for joining us today and telling us about um, this incredible language, really, and knowledge that's there and so relevant to how we're thinking about harmony and thinking about connecting with ourselves. Maybe you could send us off with a, a chant.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can always have a good chant so it's been really great talking to you today Julia and thank you for having me and here is a chant to say goodbye which is asking lead me from darkness to light or lead me from the unreal to the real lead me from death to immortality oh asato ma sad gamaya tamaso ma jyotir gamaya mrityor ma amritam gamaya om shanti
0: shanti shantihi Thank you, guys, Sanskrit. Thank you.